0: Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron and I'm Bree. And today we are doing our Medical March Books Club episode, and we are joined by our good friend, Alicia. Alicia, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing great. Glad to have you here, as well as our Books Club guest from last month. Christina, welcome back to the podcast. So good to have you. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me back.
0: (laughs) Of course. course.
3: This is going to be so fun.
0: It is. (laughs) Well, so we decided to do Medical March, and Bree, you you picked the theme for this month. Was was it because they both started with an M, or did you have a a bigger plan in mind?
3: I think it was because I got approved on NetGalley for JC Haraway's like latest as medical. And I was like, well, I guess we could like stick with the theme of doing lines. And <laughs> it's like, why not do medical? <laughs> and then we learned about the blitz like literally days after. So it was just kind of like, oh, wow, this was like perfect timing. I don't know. And I think to also to like um, I was listening to Faded Mates and they had and author on, I think it was KJ Charles. And she used to edit for Mills and Boone Medical once upon a time. And there was this kind of conversation around like North Americans don't, you know, then like Sarah and Jen were like, yeah, we, they obviously came up with reading like um, Love Swept and Presents, like don't really read medical. And I was like, huh, maybe, you know, we should have our, our gang of friends come together and we should read them and talk about them. And maybe it'll inspire people on this side of the pond to give them a read. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Check uh, check out the Harlequin website because that's where you have to get them. But there's tons of great medicals on there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So like Alicia and Christina, mm-hmm. had you ever read a medical before?
1: <laughs> this is actually my first one. <laughs>
3: yes. What about you, Christina? Yeah, I haven't
2: either. I had a few that I had picked up, but honestly, I, I never really considered reading them.
3: <laughs> Erin, yeah. that's what we were going for, right?
0: <laughs> yes, it was. So perfect guest to have with us today.
3: Okay, okay. All right. So both of y'all, so Alicia, Christina, why hadn't you read one of these before?
2: I guess because, so when I read, when I was on the Harlequin website, and uh, we had talked about this before, I'm relatively new to Harlequin. Mm-hmm. And so for me, part of the part of jumping in is understanding what all the different lines have to offer. And when I read the description of some of the medical books, it just felt like, well, this is just presents or desire i didn't really get what the difference is it just felt like oh it's presents but somebody happens to be a doctor it didn't uh, i didn't it didn't mesh with what i thought it would have been in my head so
3: what about it screen presents to you was it the locations
2: um yeah it was yeah exactly it was the locations um everyone was quite wealthy it seemed <laughs> like mm-hmm. um like the yeah, it just I, love I was expecting, this. yeah, I was expecting more like ER but the book version. Okay. Or Chicago Medical, but the book version. Right? Yeah. I was I I yeah. So, that's what prevented me from actually picking one up and reading it.
3: Okay. What about you, Alicia?
1: I have more of a personal reason for not doing it up until now is I was always <clears throat> hesitant because of being someone um with a disability, I was always hesitant of how that stuff was treated in the medical romance books. Mm-hmm. So this being my first one, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. <laughs> there was there was a uh, things that I think I picked up on more because I've been um, through a lot of surgeries and things like that. So like yeah. the medical jargon made sense to me, like kind of thing. So it wasn't it wasn't too like heavy into like the depressing side of it, if that makes sense,
3: mm-hmm.
1: or the yeah. Overly sad side of it. That was my concern is like people just um checkboxing it. Like we need a person with a disability. Da-da-da. Yeah. 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 So, but this wasn't it. So,
3: yeah. I remember like when mm-hmm. I picked up my first one and it was like Sarah was doing the podcast with me. Like mm-hmm. she spent so much of her life in the hospital with medical, yeah. you know, for her medical issues. So she's like, it just, was a little she was a little hesitant you know she was like I'll pick them up and I'll read them but like I right. don't really find hospital sexy
1: <laughs> yeah like you I didn't I was worried that it would be like romanticized and I'm like it's not really yeah. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> it. I mean I've read I've I've read my fair share Erin what about you like prior to you picking up your first one did you have any hesitations did you jump right in like what were your initial thoughts
0: I had some hesitations and I'm not sure exactly why it might be more superficial with me is that the covers aren't as exciting as some of the other in the Harlequin, Mills and Boone lineup. And so I guess it's just uh, reading a book by its cover and being like, well, this, this doesn't appear all that exciting or not really knowing what exactly was going to be in the pages. Like, is it going to be just lots of medical situations and then there's a romance that happens, you know, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to get. And so I just kind of stayed away from them for a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I think there's something to that, Aaron, because the covers are not, you're right, they're not very enticing. I would say probably this and the romance line, the covers are not great <laughs> mm-hmm. in comparison to what you see, you know, in romantic suspense, desire, presents. Um, they're a little on the dull side. I think I would agree.
3: Well, I did some digging... Uh, I was wondering, uh, first and foremost, like when the line started, because I was like, I've seen, I think we've all probably seen like out of the corner of our eye. Like I remember here, we used to have this used bookstore uh, that now I'm kicking myself for, but it was before I was reading Harlequin. Like they would sell a lot of the old vintage nurse romances. And they, now that I think about it, they were Harlequin. And I'm like, was that the medical line? Well, no. So I found one like, okay, people, people, they sell books on Etsy apparently. Uh, (laughs) So I found like, some people selling vintage nurse romances on etsy and the titles like the first one that i saw was called tabitha and moonlight by betty neals a, a name that we've heard before they were actually part of the romance line so this title was harlequin romance uh number 1905 and i mean the line has so medical specifically started in 2001 uh the first they released two in january probably Prescriptions and Promises by Jessica Matthews and A Mother by Nature by Caroline Anderson. And then the next month in February, we we began getting the four titles. So I was like, what? You know, I have to know, like, what started this? Okay, so that's 2001. So, Christina, you mentioned ER. So the show ER, which... I did not realize this was actually created by novelist, Michael Crichton. We all may know him from yeah. Jurassic park and yeah. lost world. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that show ran on NBC from September, 1994 through April, 2009. And at the time, like it was the longest running, like medical drama until Grey's anatomy came along mm-hmm. in 2005. So I was like, clearly there was an interest. Like we saw like the nurse boom in romance novels and like, what like the sixties and seventies, and then we get this television show that was like a really big hit, and then gets followed up by freaking Grey's Anatomy, which is like a life force. So it's like obviously there was some interest there. So I found so there's this there's an, a blog out there called Vintage Nurse Romance Novels dot blogspot. Highly recommend anybody check it out. That's the 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 host of it is a nurse, and she just like goes to diff- thrifting and online and like collects different old vintage nurse romances and posts about them. She even has like a spinoff site that's dedicated to the cover artists specifically, which I thought was really cool. We, we love learning about the cover artists. Oh yeah. Um, But then I found this website, uh, this article from, Wisconsin University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. And there was like a whole thing they did on uh, nurse romances. And the author wrote that many nurse romance novelists wrote scenes that illustrated the incompatibility of beauty ideals and fair workplace dynamics characters are seen trying to strike an elusive balance of femininity and professionalism in order to be recognized as both desirable women and respected colleagues, an impossibility given society's double standards. For example, dialogues about whether it's worth a woman's time to apply nail polish for a date when it will just have to be removed before work the next day. This is clearly talking about old school romances. view a sense of humor about beauty standards while conversations about how to politely discourage the The attention of male residents acknowledges the greater inequalities faced by women in the workplace. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, I mean, I think it would be, I I really wonder if people are actually studying kind of like the evolution of nurse romances. I think it would be interesting to see the different, like, uh, how like medical situations were happening, medications, the rise of technology, like, what were they using back then? I just thought, I was like, man, I I think it's really cool that we're going to be talking about this today because these types of romances have been around for a long time I feel like maybe here in North America they were popular once upon a time and then not so much now I think because they're out of sight out of mind like people don't go to the Harlequin website here but were you guys watchers of any of the shows like I think that was my hesitancy was like I've I've never been someone that watched ER or watched Grey's Anatomy so did you all watch any of those
2: yeah, I did. I I watched ER. I was a big fan when it was on. I have watched, I think I watched up to season 10 or 11 of Grey's Anatomy, but I didn't start watching Grey's Anatomy for like until it was years after <laughs> it had already been on air. I was a latecomer to Grey's, but
1: yeah. I grew up on ER. That was always in my house. So I gr- mainly grew up on ER Grey's Anatomy wasn't really my thing. I think I watched to season five. I kind of gave up when the one character was like having a relationship with her dead fiance. Oh, gosh. Like, I was like, I'm out. (laughs) I think it's like season five or six. I was like, I'm good. Um, I watched, I watched all of ER, like ER. My mom watched ER. That was, came out when I was five, Mm -hmm. four. So I grew up with ER pretty much. And I really liked ER. And then... I guess I pulled away from like watching the shows because having to be in and out of hospitals in my real life, it's not fun. So I was yeah. Like, I'm good. <laughs>
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Aaron?
0: I, I watched a little bit of ER more so that like just in the nineties and you know, the community where I was raised, it's like, you just talked about what you watched on TV last night with, you know, your schoolmates or your workmates or whatever. And you know, in the 90s, it was like, oh, the show ER, this, uh, this George Clooney guy, like, it's, it's really big deal. Um, So I caught an episode here or there, but it never really stuck with me. Um, And then I was in college when Grey's Anatomy began. And it kind of just felt like the same thing. It's like, oh, there's this new show, this Patrick Dempsey guy, like, (laughs) and it's a medical show. So it just kind of, uh, not being into ER, I, I hadn't jumped into Grey's Anatomy either, though I've been told I should because it's very intriguing. Like, you don't know who's going to die, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think uh, I'm also, it's, I think it's very comforting because my mom watched a lot of soap operas when I was growing up, and they were always centered around hospital. I mean, <laughs> general hospital. Right um what's the other one one life to live i'm trying to remember
3: the names oh days i haven't of our heard lives. general hospital in so long <laughs> yeah
2: days of our lives i mean they all centered guiding light all of those old ones some i mean they're all off the air now with the exception i think of maybe two are left but those were all centered around hospitals
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i um my husband watches a lot of them. He's, he's like really into Grey's Anatomy. He has, he has not watched ER, but he loves House. He loved House. Oh, and yeah. And he loves um, The Good Doctor because I think the character, like the doctor in that is autistic. Uh, he loves that one as well. But I just, I don't know. Like I can watch... I don't watch like the scripted shows. Now, if it's um like a docu series or whatever, let's that's following. Like I I've, I've been watching one on Discovery Plus. Um they're currently like in New Orleans following like EMTs there, like the night shift workers. I love that type of stuff, but it's not scripted. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're following them in the ambulance and it's Mardi Gras and it's like them showing up to get some drunk person or whatever, you know, and I, I can do that. But like the actual like medical drama, I don't know. I've watched a little bit of like um, Chicago med. A lot of these shows are set in Chicago. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it'll pull me in, but I just can't commit. I don't know what it is. Like... <laughs> I think cause like I always cry and I'm like, Oh, I can't just sit here and watch a show that I know is going to make me cry like <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> But I mean, what do you guys think it is? Like what, like, obviously these are popular. Like, what do you think people enjoy about them? The high stakes maybe?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, same. Mm,
3: Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's an
2: enclosed community that unless you, like you have to have, there's a barrier to access I think. So the idea of being a viewer and seeing what goes on in this community that is removed from most of the public, because unless you're a medical professional, you're not allowed in, right? So I think there's a element of oh, so that's what they think. Oh, that's what they do. That's how that's how they view, you know, patients. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what their relationships look like. I think that part is interesting.
3: Do you think that these shows so like, you know, medical shows are really popular, people love the firefighter shows, the you know, any I think any first responder series, they just tend to really have like dedicated fan bases and we're constantly seeing them. And now they're like overlapping. Like I think one show you'll see like characters from this show pop up in this show. Like they're doing a lot of that now, like that blending. Do you think it's like a hope thing that, you know, at the end of the day people are saved or they're not, you know, like, I don't know. Do you think it's like a, it's a hope thing that people are getting from these
0: I think there's probably an element of that. Um, it, it doesn't seem to be as much of a thing lately. Though I haven't followed pop culture to the letter, but definitely when I was growing up, first responders were definitely hero worshipped. There was, was just a lot of yep. um, propaganda of like, you know, these, these people put their lives on the line every day. They deserve you know all the respect in the world, which so there was just a lot of hero worship around the firefighters, the police officers, the um, medical field, and so I think it's it's a fascination catering to that. Just the let's let's show people, you know, quote unquote, what it's like to be in in this line of work, uh, whether it be you know any of those careers.
3: I think about like growing up. I think it was like what Friday or Saturday night. I used to watch Cops because it was oh, it was actually yep. kind of Friday yeah. night yep, Friday night yep, yep, yep. you never knew what these guys were gonna get into it was always like some drunk person like cussing him out and then kind of like you said Alicia like when you sp- you ha- have spent so much time like in the hospital so then like as someone who was a law enforcement officer I don't really want to watch it anymore <laughs> I don't like it. Like,
1: it's just like, it's romanticizing something that's
3: not fun. I'm like, dude, those long, like, 14-hour days at work are not (laughs) that glorious. Let's talk about the actual books themselves, the line itself. So, you know, I think in those shows, right, I'm assuming as someone who has not watched them yet, um... There's going to be love stories, right? I'm sure the writers are going to make sure they're there. But in our medical line, the focus of the story must be on the development of the central romantic relationship against the backdrop of a contemporary medical setting. So I feel like this is a line that is delivering us workplace romance (laughs) on a platter. They're 50,000 words. So it's like, it has to be really tight, I think. What did you all, Alicia, you start, like what, what did you pick and what did you think about it?
1: Um, Secret Son to Change His Life by Allison Roberts. I think this came out in February of this okay. year. Um, I chose it strictly because of the, the boy in the wheelchair on the cover. Cause I was curious.
2: <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah.
1: And like, yeah. Funnily enough, um, they actually use a lot of terms that I'm used to from, having cerebral palsy and stuff like that. It wasn't a kid with cerebral palsy, but I thought it was like they used infarct, which is medical jargon for like a brain bleed when a when a child's born. Um so like little random stuff that no one else would probably pick up on, but mainly um this is about John and her name was Bree. I just thought of you every time I read it cuz smelled oh. the same exact way. I'm like I can't not. Um <laughs> like 7 years prior they had like a one-night stand and of course she got pregnant. Um, and then um, the child ended up having spina bifida, and she never saw him again because he was one of those like people that like to jump out of airplanes. like he went to places that were like remote and could never find him and all that kind of stuff. And then he comes back seven years later when she starts, um, they're both like EMTs. and then she starts as an EMT working in his department. and then they run into each other seven years later and it's basically how, She doesn't tell him right away that he has a child, which kind of bugged me. I won't lie. Um, Like miscommunication is a big thing for me. I don't like it. And there was a lot of it in this one. That was the only thing that dinged it for me down to a four star. But um, like I understood too, because it was the child specifically had a disability. So it's like you want to make sure the person's going to stay in the child's life because you don't want to introduce them to random people and be like, hey, this is your dad. And then, and then. They slowly start falling back in love with each other and um then a medical emergency happens with the child and they fall in love while the kid's in the hospital, pretty much.
3: Yeah. Well that kind of goes back to what Christina, what you said about the, it's like a community. I feel like I read a lot of second chance in the medical line. And I think it's just because like it feels like one of those careers that once you're in, yeah. you know, especially if you maybe travel around or whatever and, and work in it in that capacity like you have the potential of running into somebody again
2: yeah it's very um it's like one of those professions i think where only somebody in the profession can truly understand Mm -hmm. you right it's um, and so it's interesting to see, because I think mo- not all, but most of them seem to be stories between two medical professionals. They have this understanding, and I think that's when it gets really interesting, too, because it, it, it's just a view behind the curtain. And if I think about Grey's Anatomy and Chicago Med and ER, rarely is the love interest somebody who works outside of the hospital, right? And right, so, yeah. <laughs> It, it is interesting to see these two people who can—they're the only—they can only understand what their lives are like, and so it's—it's it's getting to—it's that fly on the wall. Um, well, how do these people fall in love when yeah. they're, you know, working on a patient? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or,
3: well, part of the notes from the right for Harlequin is dynamic and dedicated medical professional protagonists at the top of their game. So I'm assuming that both of them have to be both medical professionals. And I think in a way, even if it's not like a second chance, it's a a trope that doesn't have that built in chemistry, that part of it kind of already gives us a little bit of chemistry. Because like you said, Christina, like they know what the other person is is dealing with. If one's a surgeon and one's a nurse, she understands his stress level, you know, because maybe they work the same shift or they're part of the same team or whatever. Like it already gives us some chemistry, regardless, I think, of the trope. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and, it,
2: and they both are, they, they're both, I don't know if invested is the right word, but they both understand the high stakes of the role. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And it, it's a great tool for um, relationship building and uh, chemistry, too. You have that medical emergency where whatever differences these characters have, they need to put that aside to get through whatever emergency that they're dealing with at that time and then there's that uh, you know that after period of, of being on the uh, the anxiety you know high or whatever from dealing with a stressful situation and whether that leads to a, a fight for some conflict or some you know nice lovemaking to deal with the tension you know it, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of tools available to the author
3: yeah Alicia did you feel like with this being your first the I guess, kind of amount of medicalness in it was it overwhelming do you feel like it was a nice balance was it just you know just enough like how did you feel about that
1: it was it was just enough it was enough for like I mean I think I understood it a little bit more because of like having some of the same issues that one of the characters has um but like if you come into it not knowing anything about it that it it makes sense it's not Mm -hmm. like too medical jargony. If that makes sense?
3: Did you read another one, Alicia, or was that it? That
1: was it. But I am awesome. going to read the second one in the series because it's about his mother, um, his father, the main character in this one's father, and the heroine in this book's mother falling in love, and they're both in their seventies. Oh my god!
0: Oh, older romance, <laughs> love it.
1: I, I love when older couples get together. It's like just like candy to me. I love that stuff.
3: Yeah, I have <laughs> to give it. I give it to this line. I do feel like medical. Especially is really giving us more, you know, older older heroines and heroes, which is cool to see for sure. Christina, what did you read?
2: Uh, I read two. Uh, I read *Her Secret Rio Baby* by Luana De Rosa. De Rosa! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I really liked it. That was my very first medical. So, uh, it was great. And, uh, I'm glad you guys chose to do medical March because I probably wouldn't have picked them up. So, um, I really liked it. It's about a, uh, surgeon who is the chief of a hospital, uh, or has a very prominent position in her home hospital, but has to go to another country in South America and in, inherits a hospital. I mean, I didn't even know that was a thing. But <laughs> <Me> she neither. <laughs> she inherits a hospital <laughs> and uh, has a one-night stand with a, another doctor who she doesn't know is a doctor and gets pregnant and uh, upon the inheritance of the hospital um, meets him again. And from there, uh, they try to figure out what they're going to do in the new reality with this baby on the way so Mm -hmm. it was great the only it it only it was five stars i would say for me up until probably the 80 percent mark um where the third act breakup happened and it just the reason just didn't it didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think I ended up giving it like four stars. But other than that, it was great. Um, it was definitely character, one of those character driven novels. Um, but I liked it. I would read her again. And I loved being anything, put it in a new setting outside of North America, and I'm on board. So yeah.
3: <laughs> I love that because that's like her second novel. That's her second medical. I think she has her third one is out now, but she's a new author. Uh I read the first one. I need to read the one that you read. The first one was really really good too. So, oh, now I'm like, okay, I need to pick this one up. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> pick it up this one. <laughs> yeah. What about the medical stuff? Did it feel overwhelming at, with it being your first one? Was it was it good? Nice balance?
2: um it was i think it was i would say it was a little light on the medical stuff um it was more about her the medical really only came into play with her with the inheritance of this hospital from her father and whether or not she was going to keep it or have a new chief of staff take over and it was more that sort of um conflict uh about the ownership of the hospital uh the the love interest, the surgeon, was running a secret medical clinic in um, some of the poorer areas of the city. But again, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on the clinic. So I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. But um, that was about it for that one.
3: Mm-hmm. And what was the other one you read?
2: The other one was uh, Nurses Outback Temptation. By Amy, Andrews. <laughs> Amy Andrews. Amy Andrews. <laughs> And I loved it. I loved it. Love all the way. It was fantastic. And now I want to read everything that she's written. So oh, she's
0: great. <laughs> she's so great.
2: Yeah. It was fantastic. So if you read it, you know, uh, nurse from the UK uh, goes to Australia um, to fly under or to work as a I guess it's a flight nurse. It sounds like they, a flight you know, nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Where they go out to remote areas of Australia that uh, doesn't have uh, is that don't have easy access to medical uh, professionals. And so it was great. It was great. There was a lot of there was a lot more medical stuff in this Amy spot.
3: Andrews was a nurse.
2: <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that explains it. So yeah, I, I, it was great. The relationship, it was great. I loved it. I, nothing bad to say. I thought it was wonderful. And I liked the setting, even though it was in Australia, which could really just turn into another version of London or New York, because it was in the farther removed places of Australia. It felt really like you really were in a different setting. So. Yeah. yeah.
3: I love that you read that book. <laughs> <laughs> so- Alicia, you need to read that one too. Add that one we to the to TV. As we speak. <laughs> <laughs> There's something really special. I think when you know the author, um, I mean, I think all the authors have shared like the research that they put into their books, but like the ones that were medical professionals, it's like, oh, yeah, you can tell like Amy Andrews, Sarah Morgan started with medical and eventually went to presents. But Sarah Morgan was a nurse, too. I'm like, I need to get some my hands on her old like medical romances and see. Sarah Morgan,
2: really?
3: Yeah, yeah. Sarah Morgan started with medical and was, you know, and was a nurse, too. So, yeah, that's it's so special. And Australia is a dream. Okay. <laughs> Talk about escape. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. <Yeah. I> <laughs> yeah. If they'll have us. Okay. Just let us yes. into the, let us in. <laughs> okay. Aaron, what about you?
0: So the first one I read too, the first one I read is neonatal doc on her doorstep. And this one's by Scarlett Wilson. This is book two in the neonatal nurses uh, duology. But the first one is A Nurse to Claim His Heart by our friend Juliette Hyland. So I already had some emotional connections to at least the heroine of this story because she's the sister of the heroine in the first book. And we got a good dose of her in the first book being kind of cynical towards her sister's relationship and stuff. So she was kind of a, a sassy character in, in the first book. So I was excited to get to her romance in this one. And what happens is... Um, Dougie is our is our hero's name, which which I love because you don't I feel like this generation or recent generations, the the name Dougie or Doug or Douglas just doesn't really come up much anymore. Uh he's coming into um, Washington, D.C. to be um, a new neonatal doctor on this ward. And he has just the worst welcome to the country. Like, his flight was (laughs) delayed, and so he hasn't (laughs) slept in a long time. His Airbnb was double booked, and the other people got there first. And so he shows up to his shift at the hospital with all his luggage and everything because he had nowhere to drop it off. Oh, (laughs) gosh. <laughs> and but guess who needs a roommate because they can't make the rent on their own anymore after their sister moved out is our heroine, Alice. And so the the sister and our hero from the first book, who is also a doctor on this neonatal board, just kind of push this this guy onto Alice and like, you need someone to stay with you like he's a doctor, you know, you could know, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, and so it, it starts out pretty fun with, you know, her establishing the rules of her place. Like there will be no sports on television and, (laughs) (laughs) and he agrees to, um, bake her, um, he's really good at baking. So he's like, I'll break, bake you some really nice treats and stuff. And so that becomes part of the agreement is he has to bake sweet things uh, often enough to, because it's on a trial basis that he's going to be staying there. Um, But of course the trial basis gets complicated, you know, when they start to get intimate and everything and, and, you know, romance. So it, it all, it all unfolds. But I, as far as the medical side in this one, what I thought was interesting is it's, you know, neonatal. So we're dealing with preemie babies and the main medical story was they were monitoring this, this preemie baby, but the the big kind of development was really more with the mother. The mother was um, suffered with um, or struggled with anorexia. So they were having trouble with like beginning nursing and just making sure that mom stayed healthy to be able to be, you know, there for the baby. So I thought that was an interesting way to go about things there. And um, refreshingly realistic of, you know, bringing in real issues into, into the story.
3: Well, hearing you talk about it, I was thinking about, um, cause he, he shows up to work with all of his luggage, right? Is yeah. That, I was thinking about like, uh, like we see a lot of duty, right? Like in presents, it's like a duty to my country and I need to get married or whatever, you know, like duty is a thing. And I feel like in the medical line, like hearing you talk about it, it's like, um, you still got to show up for that shift. Like Mm -hmm. your shift doesn't care that your flight was delayed or whatever. And you're jet lagged, like medicine, medical situations don't stop. So it's almost like there's always going to be a third person in the relationship and it's their duty to this profession they've chosen, which I think you probably see like in romantic suspense, obviously like following like, you know, law enforcement and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I feel like with medical, you're really thrown, like you're in it cuz so much of the story takes place in the medical setting.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we were talking about both of the characters being in the medical world. I think when when I've seen whether it's a TV show or whatever kind of medical setting, when there's a romance of a medical professional and someone outside the profession, it seems like there's always a, a thread of story about about the medical person needing to explain, no, when I need to be on, I need to be on. And, you know, I I can't be um, your partner uh, in that moment. You know, I need to be there as as the medical professional. And I feel like that conflict always kind of comes up. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if um, to avoid that being a repeat conflict in these, if it's just better for them both to be in the medical profession.
3: Because when you think about it, like you said, Christina, like it's a community, right? Like, they work a lot, like you know, twelve, fourteen-hour shifts. You're there so much, so you don't really have the time <laughs> to like meet a girl at the bar, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to Aaron's point, I, I mean, only someone in it can understand that when you get paged, you have to go, you
1: right? Have to go. And, mm-hmm.
2: and that you know, wherever you are doesn't matter, right? It's, and I think that is, I think that. That creates, uh, that's a foundational understanding between the two people that they start off with in, in medical that you may not get in other areas where in other lines or genres, subgenres, I should say, like how much can they really be enemies mm-hmm. <laughs> in medical? Right. As you're going to have to work on that patient together. You're going to have to find a way to cooperate. You're yeah. going to have to find a way to you know, be in the same room with that person. There's no storming off. There's no getting bent out of shape because the person has to leave in the middle of dinner. There's
1: no- yeah, <laughs> right? yeah.
2: You're yeah. literally
3: eating dinner in the break room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs>
2: and if you're not home for 24 hours, nobody's going to question where you were because, right, we, we all get it. So.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was your other one, Erin?
0: So my other one was Breaking the Single Mom's Rules by J.C. Haraway. And this one takes place in New Zealand. So our heroine cat is the new latest uh, doctor on uh, the, in the Gulf Harbor ER. And she's coming in. It's her first day. And she's big about protocol, like making sure things, you know, for reasons in her past, following protocol is the most important thing to do. And of course there is a nurse practitioner there, Nash, that just kind of bends the rules quite often just to make sure that, you know, the, the patients get the best care that they can. Like, and, and he does some of this right under her, uh, her seniority or supervision, uh, on the first day. And so they, they start out being very, very confrontational she feels disrespected by this guy and he feels that she's just uh, too rigid and so the their working relationship is just strained from the get-go but at parent pickup at the elementary school that day who you know comes out as newest best friends is their two daughters because uh, they're at <laughs> class together. And so, of course, to nurture this relationship of, of their children having friends is they have to they have to make a truce to uh, to make sure that they have a great friendship and everything. And there's difficulty with them both being single parents. Um, the mother is involved on on Nash's side. And also their daughter has uh, has a form of asthma that can get pretty severe at times. And then our heroine, Cat. The father's not involved at all. He was not interested in in being any way, shape, or form in the life of the child. And so she has, Cat uh, has some abandonment issues around that, and just nervousness in in starting new relationships and everything. Um, so lots of lots of stuff to get around. And I can't remember. Oh, so the, the big medical thing in this one was Nash's daughter has a severe asthma attack and they had to, um, well, they, they were working together initially, but she had to um, eventually say, it's like, you can't be here. Like, you're too you're too attached. Like, I know you are, you know, a nurse practitioner and you know what to do, but this is your daughter and you need to step back and, you know, let us handle this. Um, So which is, you know, uh, um, I thought made made for just great, uh, great reading, you know, it's an intense situation, but uh, her needing to follow her protocol and things like that, but also being right in that situation.
3: Yeah. Well, I read two as well. Guys, I feel like March was a horrible reading month for me. (laughs) But I did make it through, you know. Uh, okay. So the first one that I read was Tempted by the Rebel Surgeon, which is Gulf Harbor ER book number oh, so one. Oh, that's the first one. Oh, yeah. By J.C. Haraway. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you had – it. oh, yours comes out this – literally it came out this month too. They came out to – get. oh, they put them both out in March. I'm confused. I love how medical does that. When they, they did do the a, With these two. Yeah, they'll put them both out the same month. The
1: father's story came out the same month.
3: That's cool. Okay. So, okay, I'll just be honest. I was not a fan of this one. I love J.C. Haraway. She used to write for Dare. Um, I just did not... It's a second chance romance. Things got a little cloudy for me just because I feel like the the hero comes back and he's applying for this job at the hospital and the the his, the ex-girlfriend is like in this leadership role. She's actually on like the hiring panel. And I did appreciate that she took herself off of it once she learned that he was applying for this job just to like... Not have like conflict of interest, but like it, she's really kind of snippy at him for a while, and you know the book; these books aren't long, so I'm just like, oh gosh, you know, like by the time she kind of got past it and the story kind of progressed, it just felt like it was everything felt like a little rushed at the end, and I was just like, I I don't believe it at this point. Like it's just I don't want to. I hate saying when heroines are unlikable, but y'all know what I mean. Like <laughs> it's just you <laughs> You know, you are getting both of their perspective. I think if it was just her perspective the entire time, I probably would not have made it through. Um, So I did like that we were getting his perspective, but I also think that that just made it really real for me that like she's being kind of petty and I don't really understand why. Um, So that one unfortunately was a downer. There was like, there was was a lot of workplace stuff at this one. I don't want to say it was like heavy on the medical. There's like a big car accident that brings in a lot of people. But it, it was like, you do see them working together. You see them like working overtime and like being exhausted together afterwards and kind of going back to that community again. Like, okay, I live closer. You're not driving all the way home. Let's just walk to my place. You can sleep on the couch kind of thing. Like, again, like they know and understand the life that they're both working in. So it's like, I got your back kind of thing. And I love seeing that camaraderie. I just think on the romance end, it, it just did not work for me. Um, and then I read, because I was like, I can't be on here being the Debbie Downer talking about, you know. So I, like, so I read Unlocking the Ex-Army Doc's Heart by Juliet Highland, which is actually her debut. And oh my gosh, I'm so proud of her. This book was so good. And I have to shout her out she did announce that she sold a she got a book picked up by harlequin's romance line so we will now be getting books from her in two lines they okay so the thing with the cover is you you see the cover and it's this gorgeous male model so you think the book's about him but it's not like the ex-army doc is actually the heroine um and there's like no chemistry here. The only real, I guess, chemistry is like, she was a child star and he's like a TV doc now. Like he's a, t- he's a- he's a doctor, but he does some things on TV. And, um, he was like a huge fan of hers when she was a child star. And the book is set place, it takes place in Alaska. It's kind of like, are you hiding out here kind of thing? You know, she's just like, I don't, I don't want to be like in, in the, the spotlight and come to find out like her mom who was kind of a like momager, like terrible person to her is actually his manager. And you know, the whole like, ex child star that's trying to just live their life, you can already probably guess where the like conflict arises. Um, But yeah, I really loved it. I think Juliet has a way of making these like fun and flirty on top of being medicals, which I really appreciate. I I really just love how she's able to do that. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's like a lot of it is set during the fall. There's like some like Halloween festival preparation. I thought it was really good. So that's unlocking the ex Army Doc's Heart if you're, you know, looking for something to add to your TPR. So will we all be picking up medicals in the future, Alicia and Christina?
2: Yes. Yes, I will. Definitely. I really was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. So, yeah.
1: Yay! <laughs> yeah. Alicia, you said yes, too? hmm I just, but this is my issue with a lot of romances, like, a, the miscommunication thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it bugs me. I'm like, I understand. Instead of telling him she has, he has a kid, she goes to his house and they, like, have sexy time.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like telling oh, yeah. he as a child, I love me as a child already. No, they're gonna drag it out and make it brutal.
1: <laughs> and that was that was the only that was the only reason I knocked it down to a four. Is like it's like he meets after he gets mad because she didn't tell him for seven years that he's yeah. a child. I think he that's
3: had- what can be tricky about not even like um, I'm pregnant and I haven't told you yet. But like right. I think that's what can be tricky about we have a 12 year old kid and you don't know about him. It's like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, long she actively you... tried to get a hold of him, but she didn't try like hard enough, like she works in the hospital that his dad works in, like say something, yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like just in general, like miscommunication, especially that kind of miscommunication And, like uh, it's like no, you don't need to bang, you need to tell him you have a you have a child with special needs that's seven yeah. years old and wants to meet you, like
3: yeah, well, advice from you two, Christina and Alicia y'all go first as having you know these both be like your first time for anybody that's listening that hasn't read one what would you say did you guys just get on the website and like browse through did you find specific authors like what would be your recommendation for okay if you want to try it get on the website and do blank fill
1: in the blank I would look at I would definitely look at the website because that's where I purchased mine but these I actually already owned I um this one I already owned because of I needed like to spend five more dollars to get like a coupon, so I just threw it in there. It was kind of <laughs> it was kind of by accident, so but definitely like check the check the blurbs, see the the like trope combo, and see if it would work for you specifically, um because I'm sure, even though this is my first one, I'm sure there's medical romances that span all different types of tropes,
3: yeah, yeah. what about you, Christina?
1: yeah I agree with
2: alicia um and that's exactly what I did. I just went on the website and read a couple of the the synopsis and just chose two that I thought were interesting yeah and and I think you need to and this is true of every line or every genre I think you need to read more than one right mm-hmm. um because I really like the Luana de Rosa the first one that I read but there what you really had to suspend belief and and i know that's a given that i mean that's a given in romance but you know when you think about it it was all about a secret baby i mean the title is her secret rio baby but these are two surgeons yeah
1: oh. <laughs> right like you think they'd I'm be not? the
3: first yeah. ones to be like yeah. i'm pregnant
1: Right. You can't exactly hide it for that long. You yeah. might
3: have to do the C section.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Like
2: you you guys know how this works, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did a secret baby happen? <laughs> so yeah. But um and it was so different. I mean, one was light on the medical stuff, and the other was full into, you know, the, the, uh, it wasn't a hospital, but the whole, um, medical environment and working on patients. So I think you need the perspective of at least one before you make a decision on whether or not it's, it's for you.
0: What do you think, Aaron? I, I would definitely recommend, uh, medicals to, to people to just give them a try because it's, it's more, just a workplace romance, then uh, that takes place in a medical facility, then it is uh, a medical based story.
3: Yeah, so absolutely. I think
0: there is more that people can find that they like about these romances than than they would guess.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think these? Obviously, you think medical professionals, these are people that spent some time in school especially if it's like a doctor or a surgeon we're talking so like yeah. age i think is a factor right but i still think anybody especially if you find a specific off op- like this one that i read by juliette highland like i think anybody could read it and it wouldn't feel like oh this is for somebody that's older clearly right like you just have to kind of do some digging and find The authors that are right for you. Like the thing, the beautiful thing about category is like, you know, the line will put out four books. You don't have to buy all four of them, you know, you can get the one that works for you. So, but do you think part of the thing too is just maybe the age?
1: thing uh what do you mean like we're tired of reading romances where the person's like 21 or 18 or something
3: well do you think like a 20 21 year old would want to read a medical knowing that like okay this is like a physician's assistant well how long did that person go to school they're clearly not in their 20s you know like do you think that could be like a potential turnoff
1: Mm, maybe if you're younger like if you're late teens early 20s because I know for me specifically, um, I like you end up thinking about yourself in that role. But like, as I've gotten older, I do appreciate that the medical line has a lot of older uh, protagonists. Like yeah. the sequel to this book, both of the, both of the people are in their late 60s. Like mm-hmm. you don't get many romances of people in their late 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah. it.
0: Yeah. I'd say it's, if someone is, if someone's a romance reader that they really like their, Set up where one of the characters is quite new on life and sort of naive and they they like that sort of guide mentor. Um, what am I saying here? The 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 other one being the other partner being more experienced in life and kind of guiding them through that if they like that dynamic, it might be a little this might be a little different for them because, you know, both are our, both our are um, both our love interests are medical professionals. They've gone to a lot of school. They're very educated. And so um,
2: life
3: experience. (laughs) Yeah, they
0: have the life experience, right?
3: This was fun. This was yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we did this. (laughs) I I hope it encourages people to check out the medical line. Uh, Like we shared at the beginning, if you're in North America, unfortunately, you're not going to go into the store and see these. You have to get on Harlequin's website, which I think is great <laughs> you're gonna get them like a month early yeah
1: you can download
3: them on ebook and read them on the glows app like get on get on there and check them out if
1: you're not or getting if they on don't have, or if they don't have physical copies anymore you can just download the Kindle version through yeah
3: yeah yeah you can always like check out am Amazon people have them on thrift books too like yeah. they're available so yeah go check them out I think I think they're great I'm really glad we did this Aaron do you want to tell everybody what we're reading next month? <laughs>
0: Next month, we are doing a Temptation April. So uh, dust off those Temptation novels. And dust
3: (laughs) off those Temptation novels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Those lovely painted covers. And yeah, we're going to just dive in. We've got some great guests. I won't spoil that. Uh, But yeah, you will, our listeners will, will love it.
3: I'm excited. Alicia, Christina, do you have any Temptation background? Will Temptation April I, be your first Temptation?
1: <laughs> no, I have a ton. Um that huge uh used bookstore find that actually got me on the podcast was mm-hmm. 90% Temptation.
3: Oh, yeah. So you're going to You're going to have a great time sifting <laughs> through got that.
1: Got. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't. I've never read Temptation before. I haven't
3: read one yet either, Christina. We're in this together. <laughs> so excited. Well, do y'all have anywhere that you that people can keep up with you online?
2: I don't. I'm just a reader.
3: <laughs> I aspire to be just a reader again. Yeah. one day. Yeah. <laughs> you don't I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Okay, plug your plug your stuff, Alicia.
1: I just changed my name on everything, so I'm just double-checking the name. So it's um, Bird and, and Book on Twitter, mm-hmm. and Birdie in the Books everywhere else, Instagram on my YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, Congratulations
3: many- on starting that,
1: by the way. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> um, there's a, On the channel already, there's an author interview with um, independent author Julie Zantopoulos that I did about a week ago.
3: Awesome uh aaron do you have anything coming up
0: uh let's see i am going to be talking to author mia heitzelman on my youtube channel that is the 18th of april we're gonna be talking about her latest book Monopoly Love, and yeah she is she is just so great so i'm so excited about that one
3: and we will be besides temptation april Erin and I will be reading our next Nan Reinhardt in April and talking about it. It's book one in her new series. Um yes. so super excited to be doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we will list the title in the show notes. I think it comes out maybe the beginning of April. So it'll be April's gonna be a fun month. I can't wait to get back into reading you guys. It just marks So it should all. be available
1: on the website now
3: yeah check toolies toolies website and and they it should it will tell it and i'll put it in the show notes as well yes really um, excited we're also
0: we're also doing an episode in april um, where we're going to be reading Lee LeMay White's second book, so that's bound by a Sicilian secret, and we'll be doing that with the Fifty Percent Podcast. Who will be guesting with Yay! us?
1: Yay! Yeah, she just sent me the copy. I just got it yesterday. Awesome! <laughs> so
3: much fun reading. Yes. Well, listeners, make sure you check the show notes. Uh, we'll have list. We'll have links to the books that all of us read in in there, and you can check them out. As well as we'll have a link to Harlequin's and Mills and Boone's website, which, which will take you directly to the medical the medical um, books if you are an aspiring writer. Medical will be doing a Blitz in May. We will also have an episode coming out where we talk with one of the editors about the Medical Blitz. So get your first chapters ready, people. That's all they need is a query letter in the first chapter. Really? (laughs) One chapter. Yes. (laughs) But we will have an episode all about it. Uh, Thank you to the wonderful Lori Johnson for coming out and talking to us about that. But yes, thank you for everybody that read with us. If you did read something good, hit us up, send us an email. Let us four know what you all read and what you thought of it. Um, And go support medical because we all four enjoyed what we read. So... (laughs) There you go. Stamp of approval. Uh, And Aaron and I will talk with you in our next episode. Have a lovely day, everybody. Bye.